The Tennis Gambling Podcast and the Sports Gambling Podcast are presented by Edge Boost. Edge Boost enables you to double your bet with no interest. Go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge to get started today. And welcome, everybody, to the Tennis Gambling Podcast and the Sports Gambling Podcast. Now, it's currently late Thursday night, May 25th. And I'm your host, as always, Scott Rochelle, once again, going solo for this pod. Should be a fun one, but potentially a short one because we only have four matches to go through. It is officially semifinal time in Geneva and Lyon. So we will be previewing all four of those matches. We're also talking about some updated future odds um, and discussing where the value might lie or which players might have no value whatsoever because the price on them is way too cheap. But either way, before I actually get into any of the uh, picks for the upcoming matches or previews, do want to recap how we did on the last episode. Overall, not great. Ended up going 0-2. Unfortunately, we had two separate tennis players winning their matches in straight sets. Each of them won, but not in straight sets, so that was pretty unfortunate. Ended up losing the lock with Katchen to win in straight sets against Monfi. It was an autoplay. We were going to fade Monfi until he actually looked decent, and Monfi actually looked decent. Now he lost the match anyway, won the first set comfortably, catch and started the match off terribly, and then he woke up in the second set, and he kind of was able to maintain from that point forward. But I thought Monfi actually looked pretty good, so we'll see how he looks moving forward. But I think at the end of the day, you will see Monfi probably struggle, but he definitely looked miles ahead of where he was a couple of weeks ago, which is definitely a step in the right direction. But to look at our dog, which was the brutal beat of the episode, we had Yamas Ruiz in a questionable line there to win in straight sets against Purcell. And once again, Yamas Ruiz, I believe, had never won an ATP match before, and he was around minus 200 on the money line. So we thought that that line was very trappy, and as a result, we assumed that he'd win comfortably. And it looked like we were going to win that bet pretty easily, actually, because Yamas Ruiz won the first set, 6-4. Then he went up a break, serving for the match at 6-5, proceeded to not win a single point in the service game, got broken to love, and then he had a match point in the tiebreaker, which he choked, and proceeded to lose the tiebreaker 8-6. And then, of course, Yamas Ruiz won the third set 6-1 for the hell of it. But plus 145, and you're serving for the match, and you have a match point in the tiebreaker, and you end up losing the set anyway. Pretty rough beat there. I still love the read. Plus 145 was a bargain. It was just unfortunate that he could not close the deal. But either way, went 0-2, and we'll look to get back on track here on the Thursday night dash early Friday morning episode. Either way, though, do want to briefly talk about the matchups. But before we actually get into any of that, do or briefly preview the matchups. I do want to kind of recap what we saw in the quarters yesterday and the overall takeaways. First things first, main takeaways, a couple of either injuries or potential load management before the French Open, and it just so happened to involve two guys we kind of gave some outrights on. We linked to Yibbing as our long shot in Geneva, and he looked pretty good in the event and then proceeded to play five games against Verev and decided, you know what, I don't want to be here. And we also leaned to Felix to win Lyon, and unfortunately for us, Felix did win his first match, and then after that, showed up to the court today, to address the fans and said, my shoulder's bothering me, I'm out of here, and proceeded to not play a single point against Phils. So we had two outrights lose via either retirement or withdrawal, which is just sad. But either way, overall, pretty good tennis yesterday. Uh, you had one blowout match, which was the Fritz-Avashka match, 
Avashka shouldn't have even bothered. He lost 6-1-6-2. But you had a couple of marathons. You had O'Connell, who looked like he was going to beat Dimitrov, won the first set and was up a break in the second. Dimitrov fought back and won in three. You also had Jari officially ending the reign of Rude in Geneva as Jari was able to come back from a set down, and he ended up winning the second and third sets. I bull I'm trying to remember if he no, he was not down a break. He was up a break against Rude in the third. Then Rude broke back, and then Jari broke him at I believe it was 5-5. And then he ended up serving it out to win the match 7-5. But either way, uh Jari, nice win there. I was on Vison in the early hours of the morning, and I gave out Jari to cover and potentially to win the match, and that worked out. And then for Leon, you had Sarundalo coming back from a set down against Draper. A very fun match. You had Nori beating Baez. On top of that, you also had Nakashima beating Paul. And that was the other pick I had for Vison. I gave out Nakashima money line and him plus the spread, plus the games, and he ended up beating Tommy Paul. And then the last match was Felix, who did not play because he decided to either give the shoulder a rest before the French Open, or maybe it was actually bothering him. Either way, Phils does move on. So before we get into any of the match previews, I think we should discuss the updated futures, because once again, why not? I mean, we're going to be going through the matches anyway, so we might as well talk about where the value lies. So starting off with Lyon, Nori is the favorite at plus 125, Sarandolo is at plus 200, Phils is plus 350, and Nakashima is plus 600. So it's an interesting spot, because once again, the two favorites are playing against each other, with Nori taking on Sarandolo. I understand why Nori's favorite is because he's been very successful here in the past. I do really like the current form of Sarandolo, though, and I do think Sarandolo could be live, but I feel like I gotta make a case for Nakashima. I know that Phils has the home country advantage, and he's a teen phenom, so to speak, but you're looking at how his tournament has unfolded, and he really hasn't done much. He won the first round match against Sheng in straight sets, and then after that, he proceeded to not play a single full set because he played 11 games against Yemmer. Yemmer got defaulted for destroying the umpire tower. And then the match after that, once again, Felix didn't show up. So Phils has played one match in this event, and he's plus 350. Nakashima's been really good. There's really no way around it. I mean, if you want to look at Nakashima's recent results, he's had a couple of marathon matches or a couple of... I'd say tense moments, but he has responded well. Beat Schwartzman in the first round match, then ended up beating a home country guy in Rinderknich, won that one in three, and then ended up beating Tommy Paul yesterday in straight sets. Made it a bit interesting, blew a couple of match points before having to win it in the breaker, but still got it done. I think Nakashima's got a pretty good chance to beat Phils in this match, and I do think that as a result, he's only plus 130. So Phils being minus 161, and yet still being roughly half the price for a future of Nakashima, I think is a bit insane. Now, do I think Nakashima is realistically going to win the event? Probably not. But the disparity between plus 350 on Phils, who once again has never won an ATP event in his entire, in his entire career, versus Nakashima at 6-1, to one, I think there's got to be value on Nakashima there. I, I just think that based on where the prices are located on the money line in their semifinal match and where the future prices are now, there probably is value on Nakashima. Do I think he would beat Sarandolo or Nori? Probably not, but he's been sharp here, and I do think that he can make it interesting. Maybe you can live hedge uh, in that middle of the final 
But I do think Nakashima has some value at 6-1. to one. I do think him and Phil should be closer. I think Phil should have shorter odds, but Nakashima should be around maybe 475 or 5-1. to one. But 6-1 to is a good price. So I do think that there's some value there. I'll throw a flyer on that one. And for Nori versus Sarundalo, once again, I'm going to save my thoughts on that one for the actual match previews. I understand Nori, but I do think Sarundalo can be a threat. So I think I'm going to stay away from those two at this point in time, or at least until I preview the actual matches later. But moving on to Geneva. You have had a really good showing so far for Zverev. Now, once again, he was fortunate, only played five games yesterday, but he was up four to one. And Zverev is actually the favorite to win this event right now. He's plus 150, Fritz is plus 175, Jari is four to one, and Dimitrov is plus 450. I think those long shot odds, quote unquote, are where I was expecting to see the odds in Lyon for Nakashima. But I do think looking at the actual tournament odds at this point. Zverev probably should be maybe a co-favorite. Fritz looked really good against Avashka, but Avashka is also not that great of a player. Zverev has looked sharp. Now, the level of competition has been a bit weak, so you can argue maybe he will struggle against better competition, and Jari is in great form, which is why we gave out Jari to win the event at around 11-1. to 1. So we do have an outright still alive in this event. Cannot say the same about Lyon, but I do think at the end of the day, when you're going to be looking at how these matches unfold. Zverev is a minus... uh, Look at the odds here. They have the same exact odds, basically. So it seems to me that I think Fritz should be a slight favorite in this tournament because, once again, Zverev hasn't won a tournament since a serious injury. So I do think that Fritz has a better chance, in my opinion, of beating Dimitrov than Zverev does of beating Jari. Both guys might win. Once again, we'll preview those matches in a bit. But I do think that looking at the actual level of competition, Zverev really hasn't faced many great players in this event. And to look at his level of competition, he ended up facing off against Eubanks, who is definitely not a good play court player. And then he once again played five games against Yibing. He looked good, but still, Yibing apparently was injured. So I'm not sure how much stock I can put into that performance. Jari, though, beat the two-time champion in Rude, and he destroyed Lahovich in straight sets. Now, he also had a walkover, so he was fortunate, where he was given a bye, basically, into his Rude match. But beating Rude from a set down in a tournament that he's owned historically is very impressive. So I do think if I'm looking for an actual value play here, I'm not. it would be Jari, but once again, I gave him out pre-tournament. I think it'd be Fritz at plus 175. I don't agree with Zverev being the favorite, It is still very close at plus 150 compared to 175, but I personally think that Fritz should be the slight favorite here over Zverev because Jari's odds of winning are plus 400 and Dimitrov's odds are winning are at plus 450, which means the books clearly think that Jari's a bigger threat than Dimitrov. So if that's the case, I got to assume Fritz is a bigger threat to win the event since he has allegedly the easier semifinal opponent. So I do think Fritz has some value. At 175, I'm not sure if I would take it. I think he's going to beat Dimitrov. But I do think, at the end of the day, Fritz is the only future play I'd consider. Jari I'd be tempted by if I didn't already have an 11-1 to ticket on him. But anyway, moving on to the actual semifinal matches. You have the first matchup we're going to start off with is going to be taking place in Geneva. 
They're going to be starting about half an hour before Lyon, so we're going to go in chronological order here. Starting off with the Fritz and Dimitrov match, I just briefly touched upon it, but I feel like you know where I'm going with it because I said who I thought was going to win. But to look at the actual odds here, Fritz is roughly at minus 187 at one book, so shop around. There was like minus 220 at another book. Fritz is minus two and a half games at minus 110. Dimitrov minus is a plus two and a half games at minus 110. The over-under is around 23 flat. Minus 17 on the over, minus 113 to the under. If you want the alt line, you can get 24 at plus 110. The under 24 is minus 140. If you want alternative games, you can get Fritz minus three and a half games at plus 126. Dimitrov plus three and a half at minus 156. And Fritz to win in straight sets is a plus 120. Dimitrov to win a set is minus 150. And three sets in the match is plus 135. So starting off with the actual head to head. They faced off one time in their careers, and Fritz was able to win on clay. However, it was a war. They faced off in Madrid back in 2019, and Fritz did that one, win that one 7-6-7-6, and the first set did go to a 10-8 tiebreaker, but it was 2019, so I'm not exactly sure how much stock I can put into it. The main issue I have with Dimitrov here is going to be fatigue because he ended up having a roughly a three-hour marathon against O'Connell yesterday, while Fritz had one of the easiest straight-set wins you could have because he beat Avashka 6-1-6-2. And to look at the actual time on court, he was on the court for less than an hour. The entire match took 51 minutes, so Fritz should be the much fresher guy as this match progresses. And as a result, I do think Fritz has serious set blowout potential here where he could win a set 6-1 or 6-2. Maybe Dimitrov paces himself, maybe punts a set and tries to get it back later on. But I'm going to go with Fritz here. Simply put, you know my thoughts on Dimitrov. Good comeback win against O'Connell yesterday, but I am concerned about potential fatigue here. And with Fritz having the easiest possible match there in 51 minutes, I do think he's in a great spot to take advantage of potentially tired Dimitrov. And I think as a result, Fritz minus the two and a half games has some value there, or maybe even straight sets at plus 120. But I am going to go with Fritz to get it done here in the first match. Then moving on to the second match, you have Zverev taking on Jari. So the money line here, Zverev is minus 210. Jari is plus 180 the other way. For the over-under, you can get 22 and a half games at minus 125. You can get 23 games at minus 110, 24 games at even money. You can get uh, Jari to win a set at minus 157, Zverev to win in straight sets at, my, at a plus 127, and three sets is a plus 135. But to go through the head-to-head between these players, they have faced off a couple of times, and these matches have actually been quite competitive. Now, Zverev is up 2-1 to one in the head-to-head. They faced off in Hamburg in 2019, which of course is Zverev's home country in Germany, and Zverev beat him 6-4-6-2. The first two matches, though, were both on clay. They faced off in 2019 in Geneva and 2019 in Barcelona. Zverev won in a third-set tiebreak 10-8, and then Jari won in a third-set tiebreaker in Barcelona 7-5. So the point is you have seen a couple of marathon matches here, and I know that Zverev has looked good so far in this event, but once again, he only played one opponent. He beat Eubanks, who's really not good on clay as an American, and Yibbing barely played because he was injured. But Jari just beat the two-time champion, and Jari has looked really good in this event. I think Jari is very live to win this match. I think that these odds are insane, and I think that Zverev's getting too much respect based on his reputation instead of what he's done lately post-injury. And once again, beating Eubanks in straight sets isn't going to do it for me, for him to be laying 
roughly minus 220. So I'm on Jari here. I think that this price is insane. And I think that Zverev should be closer to like minus 170, minus 165. So I do think he should be favored. But minus 210 is a bit insane to me. So give me Jari plus the two and a half games at even money. Give me the plus 180 money line. And I also like the over in the match. I think you'll see some games here. I think you might see a tiebreaker as well. Jari, we know, can be a pretty consistent tiebreaker magnet. So I think you can end up seeing a tiebreaker here, maybe a 7-6, 6-4 match. But I do think at the end of the day, the over is where I'm going to lean. And I will go with Jari to keep this match very competitive. But moving on to the uh, Lyon tournament here, you have Nori as a small favorite here at minus 138 against Sarundalo. And looking at that spread, Nori's minus one and a half games at minus 115. Sarundalo plus one and a half is minus 105. Over under is 22 and a half, minus 113 on the over. And the under is minus 107. If you want to go for the sets, you can get the match to go to three sets at plus 120. You can take the 23 and a half games at even money. And if you want Nori to win straight sets, you can get that at plus 185. So looking at the actual head-to-head, in their careers, not much data to go with here. So not really anything you can, I'd say, use in terms of, I'd say, uh, support for your argument because they faced off in two separate clay events. They faced off in Monte Carlo in 2023, so this year, and Sarandolo beat him 6-3, 6-4. However, they faced off in this exact same tournament last year in Lyon, and Nori beat him 6-4, 6-4. So you can make arguments either way, based on what happened last year at this event or what happened to Monte Carlo about a month or so ago. So you can make an argument either way. So there's really not much I can talk about in terms of seeing a serious angle besides the fact that I do really like the form that Sarandolo is in. Now, the problem Sarandolo has that he occasionally goes to some marathon matches because he ended up winning three matches in Rome. All three matches went to three sets, and then he lost to Root eventually, 7-6-6-4. But he had a three-setter against Draper, beat Varius in the first round after winning the first set and Varius retired. But Nori did go to three sets yesterday against Baez. Weird match where it went to three sets and each set had less than nine games. So each set was pretty lopsided. Baez, though, good clay player. But Nori, once again, has been very good in Lyon in the past. So I do understand why Nori's favored because he beat him in the same exact venue last year. But I think I like the over here. I can really see this going three sets. I think you will see each player have moments. I do think I'm going to lean to Nori just because of how good he's been at Lyon in the past, but I think it's going to be a marathon, so maybe Nori in three if you want to go for a long shot, but I think Sarundal is very capable of taking a set, and I do think that Nori is very capable of taking a set as well, so I am going to go with the over. I think you'll see a lot of games here. I think you'll see a three-setter, but I am going to lean to Nori to get it done in that third set, and moving on to the last match, you have the long shot matchup between Nakashima and Phils. Phils is once again like 160 in one book, but he's minus 140 on another, and Nakashima is around plus 120 or plus 130. As for the spread, Phils minus one and a half games is minus 107. Nakashima plus one and a half games is minus 113. Over under is 22 and a half. The over is minus 116. Under is minus 104. And if you want it to go three sets, you can find that at plus 130. I mentioned it before. I think there's value on Nakashima to win the event. Is he going to? Probably not, but I think he could probably hedge. The point is, Phils hasn't played anybody. He ended up winning the first round match against Zhang, who has really been meh. He had the great run in trying to remember which event that was. Was that Monte Carlo? 
Uh, no, that wasn't Monte Carlo. That was Rome. He ended up losing to uh, who the hell did he lose to? Karatsev, I think. Yeah, he lost to Karatsev. It was Madrid. Sorry. Yeah, he lost to Karatsev in Madrid, and then he ended up losing in the first round in Rome, and then he ended up losing to uh, Fields in Lyon after going through qualifying. So the point is, besides that Madrid Cinderella run, he really hasn't been that great recently. So I'm not overly impressed with that performance. And then, of course, he had the Yemmer default, and then he had the walkover against uh, Felix. So he hasn't really played anybody. I think Nakashima is quite live. I think it's going to be a marathon match, though. I will lean to the over. The crowd will be all over Phil, so I think that's going to help him out. But Nakashima is good. I know that he has ha- he's had a bad year, and Clay has never been known to be one of his better surfaces. But he actually has looked quite comfortable. And I do think that after beating Tommy Paul in straight sets yesterday, the serve's been good, the forehand's been good, and I think that he has the weapons to potentially beat Phil's here. But for the value alone, I'm going to lean to Nakashima. I don't think Phil should be around minus 140 to minus 165 or so. I think this matchup should be closer to like minus 125, uh, plus 105 or something like that for Nakashima, or for Phil's to be minus 125. Because I do think that, once again, he's very inexperienced, he's very young, and I do think that, once again, he's been quite fortunate to basically play one match and to be in the semis of an event. So he's only 18. I'm going to go with Nakashima to get this match done here because I like the value. So... That's going to wrap it up for the actual match previews. Now it's time for the lock and dog picks. But before I actually do that, I have a quick word from our sponsors. Have you signed up yet for EdgeBoost? If not, you are missing out. EdgeBoost is the world's first bet now, pay later Visa card. Similar to buy now, pay later programs, EdgeBoost enables you to double your bet with no interest and pay back the advance over four equal weekly installments. That's right, 0% interest. Simply deposit funds into your account and EdgeBoost will match the deposit so you can use two times the funds on any legal sports betting site. Edge currently offers up to $2,500 in advances. Up to $2,500 you can add to your bankroll. And on top of that, go to SportsCampPodcast slash edge to sign up today at sportscampodcast.com slash edge must be 21 or older to use only valid in legal gambling states problem gambling call 1-800-GAMBLER we're also brought to you by Shady Rays Shady Rays is teaming up with SGPN for Shady May not only do you get an, an amazing 50% off deal but you also have a chance to win $500 Shady Rays has you covered from the sun to the slopes with premium polarized sunglasses and customizable snow goggles and much more. Shady Rays has durable frames and extreme clear optics for outdoor adventures. That's not all. They also have the most insane protection and all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses backed by lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair, even on day one, they told us they will send you a brand new pair. No questions asked. Wear your Shady Rays of confidence because they have your back long after purchase. And if you don't love them, you can exchange them for a new pair or return them for free. Within 30 days, no risk when you shop with Shady Rays. Their team always has your back. And for our international listeners, Shady Rays has you covered with shipping to Canada, Australia, New Zealand, and the UK. Go to ShadyRays.com and use the code SGPN for 50% off two pairs of Polar sunglasses. Then take your receipt to sportscampodcast.com slash Shady for your chance to win the $500 Shady May contest. Welcome back, everyone, to the Tennis Gambling Podcast. Just finished previewing the semifinal matchups in Lyon and Geneva, taking place on Friday, but now it is time to get into the lock and dog picks. Starting off with the lock, I'm going to go with the over 22 and a half games at minus 125 in the Jari and Zverev match. Simply put, I think this one's too low. Jari has been involved in a lot of tie breaks. Very good server. 
and not exactly the greatest returner. Zvera's been good, but once again, he only played Eubanks, hasn't really faced many great opponents so far. And I think as a result, you will see a pretty interesting war between these players. Two of the first three head-to-head meetings went to a third set tiebreaker, so there have been a lot of games involved. And I do think as a result, you will see a lot of really, really tense moments for both players in this match. So give me the over 22 and a half games. I do want the 22 and a half instead of the 23 because I do think that 7664 is a pretty reasonable outcome in this match. So I do think because of that, I am going to go with the over 22 and a half games in the Jari and Zverev match as my lock. And for my dog, I'm actually going to go to the matchup between the two long shots. I'm going to look at the matchup between Nakashima and Phils. I know Phils hasn't played anybody either because once again, he literally played one match against Zhang and then had basically one set against Yemmer, and that's it. But I am going to go with the over two and a half sets here at plus 130 in his matchup against Nakashima. I do think Nakashima, even though he's been good in this event, he has had a couple of up and down moments where he's been very sharp and then his level drops off. And I do think with this being one of the bigger matches in Phil's career up to this point, he has a shot to make an ATP final. I think he'll be nervous as well, but I do think Nakashima has the skill level to win the match, and I do think you're going to end up seeing Phil's have moments as well with the crowd behind him. So I think it balances out. I think that Nakashima is going to win a set, then maybe see his level dip a bit, Phil's level rises and it balances out. But I do like plus 130. The money line that I'm looking at is minus 140, and the game spread's only a one and a half. So this match is expected to be quite competitive, and I'm going to pretty much back that theory with the over two and a half sets at plus 130. So once again, the lock for the show is going to be Jari and Zverev over 22 and a half games at minus uh, 125. And the dog is going to be Nakashima and Phil's over two and a half sets at plus 130. That's going to wrap it up for this episode of the Tennis Gambling Podcast. We're back once again, either later Friday or early Saturday morning to go through the finals in Geneva and Lyon. And then we got the fun French Open preview. So keep an eye out for that. But until next time, good luck to all of you and all of your bets. Bye, everyone.